0: Welcome back to the LG ProCast, the podcast for Victoria's local government decision makers. As vehicles for serving the community, so much of what councils do is customer service. It's why there's a dedicated customer experience stream at LG Pro's upcoming annual conference in May. And it's why we're dedicating today's episode of the LG ProCast to improving your council's customer experience, or CX for short. We're joined by Kate Gorman, who has spent the last year at CSBA as the CX Director for Local Government, applying her decades of experience in this field to helping councils upgrade the way they do CX. This episode is brought to you by the Public Sector Recruitment Experts at Public Sector People. They have specialists working across all local government divisions and in diverse positions at every level. So if you're looking to recruit, you should email info at publicsectorpeople.com.au to get started here's a bit of good news wrapped in some bad news the customer service gurus at csba assess the quality of customer experience at over 200 australian organizations each year and good news two victorian councils made it to the top 10 list last year congratulations to nilimbic and kingston the bad news councils were overrepresented in the bottom half of the rankings up against six other sectors Our interview with Kate reveals what councils can do to fix this. We start with the state of CX across Australian industries, including government, and what today's customers expect.
1: Definitely the business landscape in Australia has been cottoning onto the importance of customer satisfaction and experience. We're lagging behind um, the US, which we tend to do, so it's been interesting to watch the journey um, and the adoption levels. So customer expectations have really... Reason? And whether organizations have risen at the same rate in terms of what they're delivering is you know questionable. Um, maybe they do it in some areas and not other. And I also think just the way customers' expectations are increasing in terms of getting information quickly and making it easy um, and having their channel of choice. So if they want to call you they can speak to a real person if they want to send you an email that they can do that and get a response or if they're live chatting that that is a, a seamless experience. so I think I think the convenience of technology, whether you're ordering Uber Eats or ordering online and watching something be tracked so you know when to expect it, definitely I think customer expectations are increasing.
0: Customers have high expectations and they're not always being met. Here's how Council's CX stacks up and what they're doing right so far.
1: Unfortunately, the council space at the moment isn't spectacular in terms of their results, I think. And in fairness, there are organisations and sectors that are just at the very beginning of their CX journey, and I think council or local government really falls in that space. So I feel like at that fundamental level, a lot of councils are just getting their head around where they're at and where are the quick wins on where they need to improve. Probably in terms of the best performing, the nature of the human Interaction, particularly if it is phone. People are wanting to help the customer and resolve their query. Their goal on the council side, obviously, is first contact resolution. Unfortunately, while it's not necessarily an area that all councils are performing well in, the team member who's having that interaction understands that what they need to achieve on this call is a positive outcome so that customer doesn't have to recontact and recontact or um, be waiting for a response. So I'd say they're very early in the journey of CX, and that then tends to skew their results a bit against other sectors.
0: How can we improve as a sector? The first step comes from our customer service teams. Kate points out the common mistakes made by frontline staff but also the quick wins customer service teams can make
1: setting expectations so that's a really big one in terms of potentially de-escalating contacts that people have so setting the expectation on what can be done when it will be done and if it isn't going to be done in that time frame that they get proactive contact to go hey we said that this would be done by this date we've actually um, discovered it won't be done until xyz but also using the right language so while team members know that the point of the call is to resolve the query for the customer um, and do it in a lovely way. Unfortunately, the customer on the other end of the phone can be quite emotive. Those challenging conversations are coming up a lot and sometimes team members don't have the right language to de-escalate that situation and particularly in the case where team members are often not in control of the answer. So, they're delivering a message to the customer which may not even be within council's control um, and it's not an answer that that customer wants to hear and so how those team members are handling those conversations can leave the, the customer feeling quite frustrated.
0: The second step comes from the greater organisation where a CX mindset is needed or a culture of CX. This cultural shift goes into how you support your staff and has the added bonus of boosting staff retention.
1: I think there are twofold, the internal and the external. So I think internally, because it all comes from the inside out, right? So having an internal culture of CX is pretty critical because if you're not walking the walk and talking the talk internally, how do you expect people to be delivering that to your customer experience? So the impact of not having a CX mindset internally is it makes it very difficult to flow that CX mindset through to the interactions that you're having with your customers. And we all know the fish rots from the head down. So you really need that executive buy in and understanding of the importance and also the cost saving to the business, because if customers aren't having to recontact, that means the resources that are being used internally to deal with that are being minimised. So it's about being efficient, not just to make the customer happy, but actually to improve the process and cost savings on that. The other thing I would say, the staff retention is a real issue at the moment, having staff that stay and the cost of having to recruit new team members. So if you've got a really strong customer focused culture, your team members are feeling supported and they understand the importance of what they're doing um, and they're working as a team, they're more likely to stay and be highly engaged. So through all of that, then you look on the other side of the coin, which is that external customer experience. So the benefits of that, obviously, is that if people are feeling that council are being active, responsive, that they're doing what they say they're going to do, they're even replying to the email, or when they're having interactions, it's a positive experience. That then just makes the residents or the customers feel really good about their community also helps that when something may go wrong that they're less likely to be inflamed and angry about that situation and contacting because they have this perception of you know what overall this council is fantastic they really care about our community and they're doing the best by us
0: so where should you be investing while cx fits in with digital transformation the customer experience is still largely a human to human affair so your people are your first priority LG Pro runs the Effective Language for Challenging Conversations workshop for this very reason. Here's Kate with more on why supporting your staff with this kind of training is so important.
1: I think technology is a, a given. Um, in the world that we live in, customers expect that there's technology available, that if they go to the website, they can find the information and it's easy to navigate. And hopefully they get enough information online that that. They don't even need to contact council, or if they have to fill out forms that it's not a manual process and it's pretty seamless or if there's live chat available that it, it's sufficient. And so that tech is sort of a given. So tech, yes, of course, it's important. So the human element to me is... I mean, should I say 90%? Um, Because at the end of the day, it's humans dealing with humans and it's that personal interaction. And whether it's responding to an email or live chat or on the phone, it is really about that interaction and that frontline experience that can make or break it. And so that depends a lot on the staff. So how supported are they? Are they actually trained and knowledgeable in what they're talking about? Do they know how to have those challenging conversations? And I think what we've noticed with COVID is you know, there's a lot of burnout with staff because they're getting lots of lots of queries coming through, highly emotive, often not happy. And so, if you're having call after call of you know draining conversations, how how do you deal with that? So when you pick up the next phone call, you're kind of brand new and and smiling and and happy, and that tone of voice is coming through. When really you're just fe- feeling completely depleted. So you can't inter- You can't underestimate, I guess, the impact of that communication. I mean, we're humans. It's pretty important.
0: Knowing your customer will tell you what your customer service staff should know. Operationalizing your data is where your tech and service staff meet.
1: I think it's the importance of acting on the data that you have. So whether you're collecting data internally about the experience or you're reviewing the kinds of complaints that come through, I think what corporates are doing is they're developing strategies and ways to respond and improve those particular situations. So they've got that CX framework to be able to know with this information that we're getting, whether it's internal or from an external body like CSBA. So that's what we're doing for our customers, either providing them that subjective feedback. So what do their real customers think of them? And and bearing in mind a real customer doesn't know what They're meant to experience, they just have an interaction and they think, oh, that was great or average or I'm not really impressed with that versus the objective, which is that measurement where you're measuring what are the team members doing to actually control and create that great experience. So I think getting the data is one thing, it's what you do with it that counts. So I think councils are probably struggling a little bit in how to action the data. I get the impression that getting change through can take time. It's not just a, oh, click your fingers, we need to do this and bang, it's done. Whereas I think the corporate world reacts a lot faster to information and acting. If you're not doing something with the data, you're never going to improve.
0: This all begs the question, what do you specifically measure and what do you actually do with customer service data to improve the customer's experience? While actually the data seems to be slower in local government than in corporate Australia, Kate has advice.
1: I think in CX, really smart operators look at that subjective and objective in in combination. I like to think of the ideal experience being like a dollar coin. So on one side, you've got your real customers. On the other side, you've got the measurement of your team members. But it's not just about measuring your team members. It's about measuring what matters. So what matters to council customers may be very different to what matters to a banking customer or a superior eurasian com- uh, customer, for example. So what matters most to a council customer? So understanding the drivers of what creates a great experience from real customers is really important to consider in what you're training your frontline team to deliver. So if you if you know that there are, you know, 10 10 drivers or 10 things that you sorry, 10 things that you do and then the research shows you that five of those are really critical in driving high customer satisfaction, that's really valuable information to then incorporate into your training and the measurement of that. So you're able to give the message to your team members, "Hey, These are the things that we're training you to do. These five things are really, really important. So we need to really focus on them and make sure you know how to handle those particular points. And then with the measurement of that is understanding which elements of that measurement, objective measurements, do we make weighted higher? So we're really driving that culture of creating the experience that matters most to customers and keeping our staff aligned with that. So I think... That's really important and the good operators are considering both things, not just developing standards internally, the business thinks are important to customers.
0: You can reach out to LG Pro's professional development team for customer service training that can be delivered in-house at your council and there's an opportunity for you to personally learn more at the upcoming annual conference. The conference has absorbed the corporate planning and customer experience conferences this year in what has only made Victoria's biggest event for local government workers larger and more important to be a part of. You can view the full program, including the CX stream at lgpro.com right now. Thank you to Kate for this episode's interview, to public sector people for sponsoring the LG Procast, and thank you for joining us.